Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. It's 133 in Edmonton. I'd like to again thank Dave Manson for uh, doing that interview. Oilers' new uh, assistant coach down with Jay Woodcroft with the Bakersfield Condors after spending uh, the last, jeez, uh, probably. 10 to 15 years in Prince Albert. Uh, big changes coming uh, with the New York Islanders organization. And as promised, the man to tell us about this, now with The Athletic, uh, used to be with Newsday for years. Uh, he was all over the New York Islanders beat. He remains that way. We welcome back to the show Arthur Staple. Hello, Arthur. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, did you expect things to move as quickly as they did yesterday involving both Garth Snow and Doug White being relinquished of their duties? Uh, you know, I think when Lou Lamarillo came on two weeks ago uh, and the statement that accompanied his uh, announcement said that he had total control over hockey operations and hockey decisions, I think that meant the end of Garth Snow's tenure uh whether he stayed as gm or not i think it was you know it was it, it was not going to be a role where he made any decisions so it seemed like he was going to be moved out but i'm a bit surprised about doug Waite. uh you know he had a year to to be the permanent head coach brought in his his own staff last year it obviously wasn't a good season but uh but he really didn't get a chance to, to get another crack at it. I thought at the very least he'd be able to start the season and see where he could go. But uh, but Lou is here and Lou is in charge. And uh, this is, these are just the first two of what I assume will be uh, several moves, whether it's personnel or roster, to uh, reshape this team. All right. So two questions pertaining to Doug Waite. Number one, uh, given the fact that who lived with Doug Waite when he first came to the NHL? John Tavares. Uh, right. Do you believe uh, that this could potentially impact the Islanders' ability to uh, recruit a long-term commitment out of John Tavares because Wade is no longer the head coach? No. I mean, I, I, I don't just say that out of nowhere. It seems that people close to Tavares have, have kind of checked in with him, and he's, you know, I'm sure he's not thrilled about it, uh, and I'm sure he feels a little a little bit responsible as a lot of the players do um, for seeing snow and weight go uh, because they didn't perform 
but uh, but I think he understands the way the the world works. Uh, the Islanders have made a lot of changes in his in his time here, and uh, um, you know this this felt inevitable. Like I said, at least in some part, when Lamarillo came on, and I think uh, you know Lamarillo coming on turned around a bit uh, the prospect of Tavares staying. He was he was pretty demoralized when the season ended, and and I think uh, had they stayed status quo without Lamarillo coming on, there probably was not much of a chance of him staying. So. I think he had resigned himself to maybe not being around uh, his good friends in the future. So um, it, it's probably a bit of mixed emotions because I can imagine that uh, Tavares and a lot of other players that are Islanders beyond this season uh, and players that are not even here yet who might be free agents are, are certainly their interest is peaked in what's going on here. We're joined by Arthur Staple from The Athletic, uh, covers the New York Islanders. All right, second question involves the rest of the coaching staff. Uh, that is, a, they've, several of those individuals have ties to Edmonton. Uh, Luke Richardson, Kelly Buckberger, Fred Brathwaite were all teammates of Doug Waits with the Oilers in the early 1990s. Uh, Scotty Gomez is on that staff, and there's one other, uh, Cronin, I believe. is on. Was Greg on. Cronin, yeah. They had a big staff. What's going to happen with the staff? You know, Lou Lamarillo said it's status quo, but uh, that's that's only until the new coach takes over. And, and honestly, you know, Lou, uh, we, as we've just seen, he made a, a quick move to, to change out Doug Waite from the head coaching role. I don't think he's going to have uh, much uh, much consideration, if if any, for for Doug Waite's coaching staff. He's going to bring in his guys, the head coach. He's going to bring in his guys uh, on the on the coaching staff. So. There's certainly a chance that there could be one or two holdovers, but from what I understand, and certainly just logic tells you that a new coach will come in and put his own stamp on things, and Lou is obviously going to put his own stamp on things, whether he even might bring in uh, assistant coaches on his own, people that he's worked with before, uh, consultants. So, you know, you know Scott Gomez is the devil for a long time and has a relationship with Lou, but... Uh, we'll have to wait and see on the rest, but I would imagine it doesn't look good. All right. So, uh, is it true there was four years left in the deal for Garth Snow? That's what I've heard. It's some people say three, some people say five, some some say that you know it's it's uh, it's very uh, it's very shadowy. But uh, but four is what I heard. All right. So they've both been reassigned. Um, you know, we've had some people suggest, well, it's an automatic. Barry Trotz is going to go into. Uh, Minnesota and join, uh, you know, join Paul Fenton in Minnesota. And my response to that would be Gil Scott represents both Bruce Boudreaux and Barry Trotz. I'm not sure he'd necessarily be pushing Barry to go to Minnesota, given the fact that one of his other clients would lose his job. Uh, so on that note, given that Barry Trotz is an unrestricted free agent at the end of those playoffs, would Barry Trotz be a guy of interest to Lou Lamarillo? And do they have the cash to sign a coach of that ilk? I think he would very much be of interest, uh, and I think the moves to, like you said, reassign Garth Snow, who's still going to get paid for a few years, and uh, and probably see Doug Wade go, and maybe see a bunch of assistants who all had brand new contracts go. Uh, I think the principal owner Scott Malkin has made it pretty clear that uh, that he's willing to spend and willing to eat some money to. Uh, to get the right people in charge, and I don't think that's a big consideration for Lou Lamarillo, and it's, it's certainly a big change for the Islanders uh, in the way that they've conducted business, really, over the the entire history of the organization. It's been a very small market, cost-conscious mentality here, even even in the glory days. So, um, yeah, I think Barry Trotz would interest them. I think, uh, you know, there's veteran coaches out there uh, who are going to command 
big salaries, whether it's Alan Vino or Daryl Sutter or Dave Tippett, even though some of these guys, you know, all these guys are out of work, they're not going to go for cheap. So um, the Islanders, if, you, if Lou is to be believed on the conference call yesterday, that we're going to get the best coach available. That's going to cost money, and it doesn't seem to be an issue. And if you're going to get the best coach available, well, coming off the Stanley Cup, I'd have to say Barry Trotz would be the best coach available. Yeah, so would I. And I, I mean, I think he's he's all coach Tampa Bay and Vegas had to end the last two series, but his goaltender's been a factor in that as well. All right, uh, very quickly, on John Tavares, as we're joined by Arthur Staple from uh, the Athletic Covers the New York Islanders. Arthur, uh, give me a number. What are we looking at on an eight-year extension? $88 million? I'd say at least. Uh, I'd probably go as high as 90, um, but I think it's going to be... It's going to be in the you know at least eleven million. I don't think he's going to want to be significantly lower than Connor McDavid, especially as the guy who's the who's potentially an unrestricted free agent and could hit the jackpot in the AAV somewhere else to go north of thirteen million or so if someone were so desperate. But uh, but yeah, I don't think uh, his his newfound enthusiasm for staying with the Islanders means there's going to be any sort of discount. It's going to be a, a big ticket contract, one of the biggest in league history, and. Um, it, it'll be interesting if it does happen with the Islanders, and it will certainly be very interesting if he decides he wants to go to July 1. All right. Ilya Kovalchuk uh, signed a deal with the New Jersey Devils and then left, uh, obviously returning to the NHL. Uh, everybody who's connected in hockey circles thinks it's going to be certainly in the Eastern Conference and likely uh, potentially in the New York area. And I would say right now, are the Islanders, uh, you know, we're either looking at New York or maybe Florida. Are the Islanders leaving the dri- leading the drive right now given Lou's prior relationship with Kovalchuk? You'd have to think so. If if the rumors about him being a ranger were were out there before they really cleaned house and um, you know committed to a, a, a new NHL coach and got rid of Alan Vino and certainly showed that they're gonna they're gonna you know go young next year. Um, the Islanders are not doing that, obviously, with Lamarillo coming in. So um, if they can reel Tavares in, that's great. If they can't and they still get Ilya Kovalchuk, obviously he adds a lot. Put him on the left side, maybe with Matthew Barzal and. You- You've got something there. So, uh, yeah, I'd have to say they're, uh, you know, I know that they're still talking to a bunch of teams. And like you said, it's definitely going to be, it seems like definitely going to be the East Coast. And um, if the Islanders are willing to pony up and they don't have a ton of space, if they're going to give $11 million to John Tavares. But, but if Lou Lamarillo wants a guy, he usually goes out and gets him. And this is a guy, if there's mutual interest, I would have to say they're, uh, they're pretty determined. Well, there could also be collateral damage for others. So let's just say hypothetically they get Tavares done and they go get Kovalchuk. Who gets moved out? You know, I think at that point you have to think uh, there's two guys that are that are going to the final year of their deals. Anders Lee, who's at three seven five right now, is doing a huge raise, coming off forty goals. And Jordan Everly, who's at six, probably not doing a huge raise, but certainly did a lot for Matthew Barzal and Barzal's uh, called a Trophy winning year. So um, there might have to be a decision there in the top six. Brock Nelson is a restricted free agent uh, who underperformed last year. He might be. Someone who gets moved out, but uh, but I think there's going to be some some remaking of this roster in a, in a way. And obviously, if Tavares stays, there's not a ton you can do free agent wise. But uh, but I think the trading activity will be pretty high, especially when we get to Dallas in a couple of weeks for the draft. Yeah, I'm of the same volition uh, involving the Islanders, potentially Buffalo and Carolina as well. Uh, one more for you: Who's going to play goal? I think that's the one we're going to have to find out. You know, you, you look at Lou's track record. Uh, in Jersey, he, he gave up a, a top ten pick to get Corey Schneider. Uh, in Toronto, he gave up a first round pick to get Freddie Anderson. There's a couple of guys out there who kind of skip that bill. Obviously, Philip Grubauer uh, in Washington is seems like he's ready to maybe take the step to be a number one goalie. 
Um, so, you know, if that's uh, the Islanders have the 11th and 12th picks, they have yeah. two, two early picks in the second round. So they've got a lot of assets to work with. And if Lou Lamarillo is, you know, not married to the idea of uh, just restocking the prospect pool and wants to win now, those are some pretty good assets to go out and get yourself a number one goalie. I have Mark uh, Antoine Godin coming up, uh, Arthur, and I'm just looking at Pacioretty in that number 11 pick. And thinking to myself, you know what, Montreal drafts, let's just say they take Zadina. They still need a center and a Barrett Hayton sitting there at 11. I wonder whether or not the Canadians would go down that path and, at that time and move up. And, and if you get patch ready, $4 million bucks, you're not looking at bringing in uh, Kovalchuk at that stage. So we'll wait and see. I think it's going to be our... We always—it's like the rose ceremony in the Bachelor. I don't watch the Bachelor, but my wife does. Every year, every year at the draft, it's going to be the most exciting draft. I think there's going to be a lot of moving dra- uh, uh, parts here over the next three weeks, don't you? Yeah, I haven't done a ton of research on prospects, and I think uh, I'm going to be pretty safe in not knowing necessarily who the oh, owners oh, are oh. looking at because I think it's going to be pretty. Uh, those picks are, you know, at least a couple of them. I, I feel like are going to be on the move. Wow! All right, Arthur. As always, thank you for your time. We'll see you in Dallas. Thanks, Bob. Anytime. You bet. That's Arthur Staple from The Athletic out of New York. Uh, we'll mention the best pizza in the city. Still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona, 48-plus years. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more for menus and location. Visit royalpizza.ca. Back with Mark Anton, Antoine Godin from The Athletic uh, to talk a bit about Max Pacioretty and uh, also what the Canadians are going to do with the number three pick. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 147 in Edmonton, portions of Oilers Now, brought to you by World Floor Carvings. Tell them Oilers Now sent you received two times zero miles, reward miles on your flooring purchase at World Floor Carvings, where they know a lot about hockey and a lot about flooring. All right, as promised, uh, some perspective on the Montreal Canadiens. You know, sometimes you're just trying to scrum a, a finished player. Maybe the guy doesn't uh, speak the best English or he's learning English and he's quiet. And some rude Albertan comes in and tries to butt his way into a scrum. And our next guest was kind enough to laugh it off. Uh, welcoming back to the show now with The Athletic, uh, formerly, I believe, of La Presse out of Montreal, Marc-Antoine Godin. Mark, how are you doing? I'm good, doing good, Bob. How are you? Good. Were you guys wondering, what the heck's with Bob? What's going on? I had no idea that the Canadians were that interested in just Barry Kakanami while we were at the Combine. Yeah. But uh, you guys must have talked to him for 15 minutes. Is he a guy that the Canadians can take, Mark, at number three? I think that it would be a reach, but it's certainly possible. Uh, I mean, the more consensual pick at number three would be Philip Zadina but uh, it's certainly not the only guy that the Canadians would consider uh, even though you know uh, Trevor Timmons is saying year after year that they won't draft out of need there's a perennial uh, chronic need uh, for a centerman in Montreal, For it's been like that for the past 20 years and uh, 
Well, Kakanyemi has been, uh, you know, rising up uh, the the uh, the rankings in the last few months with a great showing at the at the Five Nations tournament. Great showings also at the under 18. So, uh, so he, he, he clearly. More and more, he's coming out as the, uh, as the best centerman available. Is it? It seems to be a bit high to take uh, Katyanyemi at number three. There's there's no doubt there. But I mean, if it's if it's the guy that they perceive they they should go after, well, more power to them. I mean, when you look at, you know, for example, the uh, the 2005 draft uh, where. Canadians that drafted Carey Price, it looked as though Price was taking way before uh, way before he was projected to go. And who was the best guy after that? It was uh, Anche Kopitar, and Kopitar went 11. So it's not always the guys that are projected to go higher before the draft that end up being the best players. So it's just, uh, but the pressure is definitely on the Canadians to make sure that they have it right because they uh, they, they just they just can't miss their shot here. Uh, it's it's too important for them. Yeah, I, I don't like the uh, Jonathan Duran trade uh, that was made for Sergachev. The Oilers really liked Sergachev in the 2016 draft. Obviously, Pulleyarvi fouled him at four. They felt they had to take him. But if uh, Pulleyarvi had gone, they were taking Sergachev ahead of Pierre Luc Dubois. Uh, give Columbus credit; they took the center, even though he only played center half a year. Could Montreal? Theor- we just had Arthur Staple on. And he talked about the sounds from Arthur, like, uh, hey, Lou Lamarillo's in his mid-70s. Like, he's prepared to move picks. Uh, would the Canadians contemplate, let's just say they took Zadine at three, who plays in the Quebec League. Uh, would the Canadians contemplate moving uh, Max Pacioretty, replacing him in the lineup with Philippe Zadina, and uh, and then getting the number 11 pick from the New York Islanders? I don't know if that's enough. Uh, maybe they got a pick and a prospect. Maybe we're talking Hosang in the number 11th or something like that. But uh, would, would that make sense if they felt maybe Kakanami's gone, but maybe they could get a guy like Barrett Hayton. Right. Well, uh, Trevor Timmons is saying that there's, in his mind, there is a top 11 in the draft. Mm. Uh, the 11th guy would probably be, uh, uh, I, I haven't asked him, but it would probably be Ty Smith, uh, the defenseman, but um, then again, I mean, he says that after the first 11 guys, it's a, it's a little bit of a crapshoot, so it's, uh, it's guys can go pretty much anywhere, so it's not as if those picks from the Islanders are really would necessarily uh, enable the Canadians to get to go after their guy. Um, as for Max Pacioretty, his value is a little bit undecided at this point because he gets into a situation where he looks like a, a, a longer term rental. You know, he, because he still has one season left at four and a half million dollars. I don't have a I don't have doubts that he'll rebound and he'll be productive again. Uh, so he could definitely go back to his 30-goal uh, season ways uh, at, at an interesting price. But the team that will get him will have to have a, uh, a fair shot at resigning him long-term and will have that interest. So uh, I know that he was shocked uh, around trade deadline. But is it the moment where his, his, his value will be at his peak? I'm not sure about that. So uh, I think that if they choose, to, a lot of it, if they choose to trade him for futures and for, for draft picks and not, not for guys, just for, you know, like uh, junior players or a guy that are turning 20, but uh, who will probably closer uh, to the NHL than just a guy that you would draft this June, um, depending on the road that Mark Bergevin takes, uh, it will tell a lot about how he, how he perceives the next season and even the one after that. Mark, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for taking time here in Oilers Now. 
No problem. Have a nice day. You bet. That's Marc-Antoine Godin of the Athletic out of Montreal. Two, this day in Oilers history, four new S travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years, looking at a Going on a river cruise in Europe for 2018, New West Travel's got some great rates on fabulous cruises. June 6, 2012, this press conference took place at the River Creek Resort and Casino. The Edmonton Oilers signed General Manager Steve Tambellini to a contract extension. He would last less than a year. He's not currently working in hockey, uh, though his son Jeff just took over trail in the BCHL. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Again, great travel deals for weddings, honeymoons, golf packages, and employee corporate reward trips. Call a friendly staff at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. We have on tomorrow's show, Louis DeBrusque as well as Al May. And to talk about the uh, top 20 trade targets from the athletic Craig Custance, longtime ESPN writer. What's on tonight on Inside Sports? You big hockey card guy, Bob? Yeah, sure. Well, you hear about the McDavid hockey card? Yes. It went for uh, $55,655, and uh, Brent Hutchins will be on. He's a PWCC Marketplace member to talk about that. Uh, Chris Morris will be on, of course, to talk about uh, more about uh, Ed Elnicki there. So Reed was talking about that earlier. All right, and up and, next. Uh, much more. All right, and up next, a news weather traffic update uh, with Kyle Morris. We're going to wrap the show up at 155 today. Uh, so long, everybody. Up next, a global news weather traffic update again with Kyle Morris, followed by the 630 Chat Afternoon News with Jalen I and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody. by Digitex. Office solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.